Ready? Set. Pod. <laughs> oh, I like that. That was good. All right, welcome to a live episode of the Android Central Podcast. It is, what day is it? Wednesday, January 9th, 2018. 2019, sir. And I know that's how I know that uh, CS is coming to an end. Man, I was me. ready for that. Yeah, I'm surprised I haven't done that before. My name is Daniel Bader, and I'm joined by three lovely gentlemen. Uh, we are sitting in a circle. We will be joined by two other people, so don't be alarmed if you hear some rustling of the grapes in the background. Um, to my left is Mr. Mobile himself, Michael Fisher. Welcome to the show. Thank you, sir. I'm privileged to be seated here. Oh, you're, you're, you're too kind. And a liar. <laughs> and a scamp. Uh, across from me, Alex Doby. How are you? I'm good, yeah. It's been, a, it's been a weird, interesting, busy week. And we will get into why that is in a moment after I introduce Andrew Martnick. Hello, I'm the only one not wearing shoes. Touche. <laughs> this is my hotel room. I can, yeah, I can do whatever I whatever he, I He please. can do whatever he wants, I suppose. No shoes, one beer. Uh, we are drinking, so if you haven't already uh, gone to the fridge and uh, opened your own bottle or can or however you imbibe can, your, no your alcohol, uh, do so. I'm not armed. I need a bottle of oh, oh, right here. Right here. Do you so, want a uh, Kona or Pacifico? Thank you, friend. I'll take this one. Good. It's, it's right. near me. Cool. Inside baseball right there. Yeah. So we're drinking. Little peek behind the curtain. Um, wow, breaking the fourth So we're, we're going to be talking all about what we saw, what we heard, what we experienced at CES this week. Uh, as has been usual in the past few years, slim pickings for Android, but that's okay because there were some other cool announcements that we'll get to. So let's start with, um, I think, w- where the most innovation happened, and that was in the smart assistant space a little bit. Uh, We're talking about various incarnations of uh, the new smart display platforms. Uh, You know, we have the Lenovo Smart Clock, which was, I think, the cutest of all the announcements, the products at uh, CES 2019. So let's talk about that, Andrew. You got to take a a nice long look at that product. This is a sort of a second gen version of the smart display after it was announced in 2018. So the thing about the smart display, like it's capital S, capital D, smart display, but that doesn't really designate any specific features of these things. They're all completely dictated by the size. You have the large smart display, you have the home hub, which is not a smart display, it's the home hub, and does its own thing. And then this is a four-inch device that is, they're not calling it a smart display, it's a smart clock, but it runs the exact same software as the smart display it just has a different home screen, and it's limited because it's so small. It can't do things like video streaming and all that kind of stuff. So Google's doing this weird thing where it kind of makes these one-off products, and they're all somewhat similar. Hey, and we have additional friends. Yay! Come on in. Guests. Also, Russell Holly breaching the Mr. Mobile Vest exclusivity agreement we all signed. Thank I you. I didn't sign anything. <laughs> welcome aboard. Welcome, welcome. All right, let's... Um, Let's make some room on the on ye old that. couch. Oh, okay, cool. We got plenty of room. Let's do that. We got a couch over in that chair right here. Yeah. Okay. This thing is really cool, though. It doesn't matter that it's not part of some greater ecosystem of, like, it doesn't matter that it doesn't have the exact same features as everything else because it's purpose-built and smartly built for exactly one place, sitting on your bedside table as an alarm clock, as a replacement for 
potentially having your phone sitting there on a wireless charger or having an oldie timey alarm clock with a with a ringing bell on top. Can we talk about the relationship with the phones for a second? Because I sure. feel like the, a, a big part of this pitch is like, you fall asleep with your phone. You shouldn't fall asleep with your phone. It's unhealthy in eight different ways. So this does a, an alarm clock thing and does a couple other things that you expect of a smart home device. Yeah. But it has a USB-A port in the back, so you, so you can, can plug, plug in your, your phone, phone. Yes. and fall asleep with your phone. Of course it does. <laughs> you do not have to utilize the USB-A port. Ah, ah that is the crucial it, difference. That is that is a very astute point. How does it charge? So, it, it what do you mean? It doesn't, it, it doesn't have a battery. No, but it charges via, what, USB-C? Oh, there's a USB-A port on the back that you can plug a phone into. But, but it, how does it charge itself? It's it is a direct cable. It, it just has a, a barrel connector. Yeah. No, oh, okay. So no, yeah. like micro USB or USB C. No, it's it's no, no battery like a, at all, right? As far no, as no, 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 no. Right. Yeah. But it looked like a. It just looked like a regular barrel connector, just like a um, right. Google, Google Home, Home. Right. original Google Home. Yeah. So I'm um, just going to take a quick second to introduce our new people, Lori Gill from iMore. You were here a couple of weeks ago on the podcast. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me back. No problem. And Russell Holly, welcome. Hi. Hi. Mm. Okay, so you guys scooch as close as you can. Otherwise scooch you can. in and speak like up. this. Yeah, yeah that's, that, that's, yeah, that's good. Hold that. And don't uh, don't forget our little backup recorder. Oh. Yeah, because it, it already saved the day. Yeah. All right. So is someone um, stealing the additional? No, that's your beer. That's, that's your beer. No, that's Bottle opener right here. Bam. Okay, so I love you. Um, smart display was announced last. At, oh that yes. That wasn't loud at all. No, you know how to do this. This <laughs> yeah. is how we do this. Good. Uh, it was announced a year ago at CES. It, the first devices, the Lenovo Smart Display, only launched in August, so it took a yeah. long time. This is coming out in the spring, and it seems like it's a fully formed product, but it, it's not running the same version of Android things or yeah, Cast or whatever the they regular They cut out smart the parts is. that didn't make sense for a small screen, and then they changed the home screen, whatever, into a clock face, full-on clock face that also shows um, uh, just alarm information. And, and then you have the typical swipe, you know, swipe to the left and right to switch between other experiences. Which makes total sense. You don't want something that's right by your head when you're sleeping to be blasting information. Like yeah, you. and to, really quickly, I know Russell has a point, the screen gets extremely dim. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has an ambient light sensor and it's aggressive when it's really dark it goes way down like you you can turn it down so much that you can't see the screen in daylight it's it's that dim and when it's time to wake up you've got your oh. pixel stand light functionality yeah where it gradually gentle wake kind up. of a, a gentle sunrise wake up kind of thing oh, that's cute so right on the screen yeah, yeah. it's part of the display yeah. so a big part of this uh, what we saw was was unfinished software and they were really clear uh, about the the different modalities when you swipe left and right, how they wanted very specific kinds of information to be shown uh, as you do that. So the the things that were considered like mission critical, uh, you know your your calendar, weather, uh, traffic, uh, that kind of stuff as as you swipe across, and that's stuff that they are willing to tweak over time. So we may see more of those panels as you swipe over. In particular photos. In particular photos was something that they were they were focused on, and uh, we only saw three of the clock faces. That were available. They were anticipating having as many as ten when it launches, and have them be slightly customizable, like yeah, you know, maybe not like widgets, but like colors and layouts and things like that. Yeah. So it's it's clear that they're constantly thinking and rethinking about this. And so what we get even at launch uh, will probably not be the same thing three months from then because the the team responsible for that they seemed really interested in user feedback and and kind of adding and changing based on that because this is 
this is built on Assistant, but the way that this information is displayed is very new, mm-hmm. and they, they're very focused on, on that aspect of it, which I thought was good. And right. it, it raises an interesting point that as the ecosystem of these smart displays grows, all of which having slightly different screen sizes and target markets and capabilities, Google has to individually manage all of these little things. They're yeah. not all running the same version of the software, and so they can't just push out an update that can hit the smart clock and the smart hub and the 10-inch smart display because they all have little tweaks. And I wonder at what point they start to kind of get left by the wayside, you know, two or three years from now. Mm-hmm. You don't buy a new alarm clock every two or three years. Is Google... Speak for yourself. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> you, can, you can draw parallels with Android, right? Oh, that's yeah, the, absolutely. The easy comparison. So the, that's the funny thing because this is built on Android things and has this special little operating system that is supposed to be like an appliance in low maintenance, but Google has to maintain it and keep it up to date because you can't do anything. You don't have any access to Well, the and the official answer from, from Lenovo when asked about software updates, like what happens, even just among their own products, right? Because the Lenovo Smart Display is going to receive updates at a different clip than... Uh, this this clock yeah and so when asked about that their answer was kind of underwhelming the, their big lean there was that uh, that assistant would be updated at the same pace across all devices because that was Google pushing that stuff out uh, but it would be kind of a case by case update for these individual products the the stuff that Lenovo has customized right. uh, for those <clears throat> things would be updated slightly differently but assistant is going to be consistently updated at the same time across all of those things which is kind of what they leaned yeah. on by by delivering that which is sort of a non-answer but but you know so that's that that is one good point though that all of the kind of google home level functionality is standardized across it so anything that you can do on an audio google home is on all of these things it's the display portion that's different right but for example multi-room audio came to the smart displays later um, and it, and rolled it out. has it on the, the smart clock, has it? Yeah, so it rolled out en masse to every smart display at once, but it, Google took its time to make sure the functionality worked across every device and every size. And yeah, for the same reason, I, there was some weirdness with Netflix, I think, with the original smart displays. But, but that's, it's still there. Yeah, it's but I'm talking really about the, the talking to it, the assistant portion, is completely standardized now. Hmm. There's no funky weirdness where your smart display you know, can't answer questions or cast to YouTube on your TV. Like all that base level stuff is the exact same as your phone. You can talk to it. The smart clock, even though it's a cheap little device with a tiny screen, does all of the same things. It works with multi-room audio. It can initiate casting on another device. It can answer questions, set alarms. And before you move off audio, it has the hardware that should slot it somewhere between Google Home Mini and regular Google Home in terms of audio acoustic quality. Which makes sense because the pricing is right about there. It does. And we haven't mentioned it, though. There is a microphone, obviously. You can mute the microphone with a dedicated button on the back. Yes. Which is important. And it's a hardware disable, not... It is software. Is it software? I yes. thought they had said that it was hardware. I think they said the opposite. I don't know yeah. either way. Okay. Let's, let's follow so, up. But I remember. To Daniel's point, no camera. Uh, there, we're essentially looking at kind of three, not operating systems, but three platforms uh, you know, when it comes to these Google Home things, right? We've got Assistant, which we know is going to be updated separately through, uh, you know, through Google kind of as this ubiquitous thing, Cast. Uh, is its own separate thing that gets updated individually. And when you look at the software, there's actually a software tab in this clock 
uh, cast has its own firmware label yeah. uh, mm-hmm. on there that, that you know, is, is lined up with cast on TV and, and cast in audios, but it was the first time that I had seen it get its own uh, kind of dedicated firmware tab in the, in the system UI. Uh, and then these, these separate layer features, be it smart display or, or this new clock, you know, kind of design, it's, there's, there's three different platforms running here, right. and they're all kind of different, but they mesh together. And they have to be updated separately. Yeah. And some are more complicated to update. Um, so we may eventually see obsolescence in the smart display uh, category to some extent, but I think Google will do its best to update the core functionality, which is assistant, yeah. as long mm-hmm. as possible. I think a good parallel is if you look at what Google's been doing over the past few months with the new UI for Wear OS, right? Mm-hmm. So this was a big announcement at EVA. Complete. Yeah, total change the way the watch looks and functions, yet Google can change all of that without touching like the really, really low-level firmware. Yeah. And that surely has to be the answer for smart displays and things like that as well, yeah. you would think. And yeah. we saw new new watches this week from Fossil Group, Kate Spade. They were all running the H update of, Andro- of Wear OS, which is slightly newer than the mm-hmm. 2.1 update that was announced at IFA. But it meant, looks the same. It looks the same. <laughs> you can have that software running on top of Nougat, and it, it looks the same. You can't tell which version it's so of weird. It's, it's, yeah, it's yeah. super it's, weird. Google's going to Google. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I think the S- Lenovo Smart Clock is a good example of a really cheap, easy-to-justify purchase for people. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the other side is a new Whirlpool branded smart display that's ip5x sorry kitchen whirlpool makes KitchenAid products kitchenaid smart display with ipx5 water resistance uh and other than that it's basically a smart display like any other uh, a little design differentiation i think it actually looks pretty it looks pretty good Wait, it's a neat little wedge. So I'm there eating stuff last night at Showstoppers, this show within a show that we go to, and I get approached by a Whirlpool uh, PR lady. Some of you guys were there, and she was very nice, and she said, "Uh, we've got something, but you only cover mobile stuff, right? And I was like, yeah, pretty much. And I think Andrew said something like, yeah, a $900 refrigerator. A 900-pound refrigerator is the exact opposite of mobile. Right. And so she was like, oh, okay, thanks, and left. But they have this Whirlpool has a smart display here? Because it's, it's a KitchenAid yeah. brand. But yeah, it's but do they own conglomerate. Kitchen- yeah. Oh. yeah, yeah. And their big thing is they've partnered with Yumly, which is a recipe oh. uh, source that's very popular to give you um, easy access to great recipes in your kitchen. If you have... Which you, you can know, also already do on your Echo Show with you, Yumly. You can do that on your Google Assistant, yeah. you, on, your, on your Google-powered smart display now. It's just this is getting a little bit... It's There's some extra visual. There's some extra, going. yeah, l- little... Nuances is it here. things like um, being able to turn the page on the recipe by s- clicking your fingers or any special thing like that? I don't think clap on. Yeah. <laughs> clap on. They clap had it in on. a demo loop when yeah. I was there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're not sure yet. I mean, it's. I just think this is interesting not because of the hardware, but because like what Google's been doing in the Wear OS space by partnering with lifestyle brands, yeah. Google is now partnering with very, very popular home appliance brands like Whirlpool and KitchenAid to bring its functionality into the kitchen and into retailers that uh, wouldn't otherwise stock this stuff. So you're not necessarily going to buy this at a Best Buy. You're going to buy it at a Target or a Walmart. Yeah. Or the and kitchen area of any department store. Mm-hmm. Sure. And yeah. that's I think that's exactly what they want. Now, I, you know what would be really interesting is if it wasn't a separate thing, if you got all of these, you got 
Samsung and LG and Whirlpool and et cetera to put these in fridges instead of <laughs> putting a full-blown Android operating system like Samsung's doing with its stupid stuff. Well, you need, you need a, you need a full-blown uh, Android operating system to run Bixby, apparently, on your fridge. Mm-hmm. Uh, no doubt. Which was a, Sorry, that was a, a tangent. Which was a thing that Samsung announced during its press conference as well. That's um, all we need to say, right? Pretty much, yep. yep. Okay. Moving so moving on to uh, Assistant as a as a platform, Google made some really interesting announcements during uh, a briefing on Tuesday morning where uh, it introduced a, a, it's called the Assistant Connect platform. So what they're doing is they're making Google Assistant a turnkey type of experience for hardware makers that don't have the uh, the 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 money and the time and the resources to invest in building custom integration into their hardware. And it's meant for really inexpensive products. And one of them they showed off was an e-ink display that is in front of a magnet. You put it on your fridge. It, uh, it updates to, uh, it answers responses from a Google Home or Google Home Mini. And if you ask it the weather, it will then just display a static image of the weather or your next calendar events or whatever. And they are talking about this costing fifteen to twenty dollars, right? Uh, battery powered, really, really easy to replace, and uh, this is going to hopefully bring Google Assistant to developing markets that may not want to invest hundreds of dollars. So this is a really good idea, and it's one that Amazon did last year, and I don't think it got enough play. Uh, they made the um, Alexa Connect Kit, I think it was called. Yeah, it's the exact same thing. It's a a turnkey solution down to like the main board and the the plugs where you can choose the sensors that you need or want to build everything from like a simple display up to something that um, measures sound or temperature or can control lights or switches or anything like that. And it's like you just get this board and it looks like, you know, something a, a kid would play with or something, but it's a development board and you can decide exactly how you want to use it and implement this in, you know, things large and small. And when you buy one of these things, uh, either, you know, one off or you buy 30,000 of them, it comes with um, free cloud access through AWS for all of your calls Mm -hmm. through the um, Alexa APIs. Sure. And Uh, like giving them all of these options where you can just, you know, choose exactly how you want to use it. You don't have to develop it from the ground up. It's genius. And Google said that it's going to, allow um, some developers into the program in the next couple of months and we'll expand it at Google I.O. when they introduce it a bit more, uh, introduce to developers a bit more, which will be really exciting. Uh, One other thing that they uh, showed off was basically a dash button equivalent, right? Where it's just a single button, you push it and it calls some assistant function or a group of functions, uh, maybe a routine, and that could cost, you know, a couple of dollars, really, or even give, be given away for free if it's um, made by a company that wants you to, you know, stock up on, I don't know. Tide Pods. Tide. <laughs> don't eat Tide Pods, kids. Put it right in the counter. Or, or grown-ups. Just yeah. don't, don't eat Tide Pods. I think this is going to be a really important distinction uh, between the Google Assistant and the Amazon Echo platform over the next year because if Google's able to roll this out quickly, there's going to be a really, it's going to become a lot more uh, obvious what the difference between these two platforms from a command perspective are. My biggest complaint about Alexa to date is that its uh, its command architecture is 
uh, staggered. So like Alexa is top tier everything. You say Alexa, you know, do this thing, and it's not a problem. But if you have a third party uh, application, you say Alexa, tell this thing. Oh to right, do that. Yeah. it's for everything. Any yeah. third party thing, uh, you when you integrate with Alexa, you you are a second tier command structure. Uh. Uh, whereas Google Assistant, you can very easily say, uh, you know you can designate something as, as a first tier uh, thing yourself in the same way that you would in Android where you say open it with, you know, open by default with, uh, with this thing. With, yeah, you can do that in Assistant with any, any tool that you want. Uh, and if there's not something already filling that spot, Google will just automatically let it be the first thing. You yeah. say, you know, Google show me recipes. If Google doesn't have something, you know, on, a, on that thing already for recipes, it'll grab whatever you have designated as that thing. And it creates that first tier architecture for... For, <laughs> Thanks, really. Google, of course. Uh, it creates <laughs> that first tier architecture. <laughs> for just way more let's, options. Let's, let's see what, which results it found. Yeah. <laughs> it's locked now. It's, it's locked, locked now. now. We're never going to know. One thing that Google announced as well is that you can communicate with Assistant when your phone is locked. If you do want to unlock your phone with Assistant, you'll just be able to say, hey, Google, and sorry to everybody. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and you'll, it'll just unlock your phone because it, it, uh, Google now has voice matching which is pretty neat if you want to make your phone super insecure. I was going to say, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm going to eliminate all really of those security Really bypass the security you features. Yeah. yeah, why not? Why even put a swipe on it? Just have it be open <laughs> yeah. entirely. Leave it on. Hey, do we, have to, do we have time to add one really terrifying thing that I saw on the show floor that's mildly related to this? Is, is it Google <laughs> Grandma? No. <laughs> Google Grandma is something that... <laughs> we'll we'll is, talk about that in a minute. Well, I saw, remember when we were in line and they she said, said come, back, come back tomorrow? It was a giant pizza party. They oh. had Pizza Hut there with just this massive pizza oh, party no. that we totally missed. No. Oh, no. Uh, yeah. And they were like cleaning up by the time that we saw it, so I couldn't like throw up the red flag for everyone to show up. Uh, so... Uh, NXP Semiconductors is here, and they're here every year. NXP Semiconductors, do, they co-invented NFC technology. They're, they're constantly working on kind of the next form of touch-based uh, wireless stuff. And they have this retail storefront on the outside of their big building at CES this year. Uh, and I walked in to see what they were doing, and they put a, a strap on my wrist uh, and said, you know, go ahead and head into this retail thing. Uh, and when I did... They, they walked me up to this, a lot of like standard stuff. Like there was a, a weird vending machine that I could tap my phone to and, and choose stuff. Uh, they're, you know, working on a kind of, you know, pushing that step a little further. They had a gigantic, very expensive bottle of rum uh, that uh, had an NFC tag on it that was also a tamper evident seal. So when you tapped your phone to the tamper evident seal, it would let you know on your phone whether or not the integrity of that seal had been compromised because the wires ran through the seal oh. wrapping around the bottle, which I thought was very cool. Yeah. Uh, and then I walked past this glowing sign. It was like any other glowing billboard sign that you see anywhere here, especially in Las Vegas. Uh, only when I got within about 15 steps of it, it lit up and had my name and my personal information right there. Because it grabbed it from the tag on my wrist that they had encoded with the tag on my chest. Oh, very... Uh, my, my CES badge uh, that minority scanned report. and added. Mm. And then the guy very excitedly told me that uh, their goal is to sell this to companies to embed it in loyalty cards that you keep in your wallet. Yay. So that when you walk by, you walk by a billboard or something with your loyalty card in your wallet, it just picks it up from, I mean, like 10 feet. Have they thought ahead to the next step of that? I'm sure they have, where we're not going to carry wallets with cards in them anymore. They're all going to be virtual cards in a virtual wallet. No, th this was all, they're just accepting that people just have loyalty cards and this is how they're, this is like the next step of exploiting that to personally serve you ads that are just very, very targeted towards you. Interesting. And also and very open to everyone else. Yeah, anyone around can see yeah. it. Which yeah, is so the, the it weird was, part. Uh, yeah. it's, it's a UHF based. 
Uh, so really? Like, huh. Yeah. So it's not like it's not like the normal NFC protecting wallet stuff would even work in that situation because it's it's right. radio frequency penetration. Mm. So yeah, just by being near this thing, it lit up and just had my name and. All kinds of stuff. I got a picture of it. You're going to see something on Android Central about it before too long. Jeez. But, uh, yeah, that was some straight-up scariness. And you got to think, though, that is a thing Google would want to yeah. either acquire or develop itself. Yeah. Yep. You know, they super targeted ads similar to that. are Google's forte. And, oh, boy. I think, yeah, I think Google also probably has more sense to than to try something as as overtly Big Brother as that. I think Google but has generally been quite. But yeah, well, yeah. The, uh, also, was, they don't need to. Yeah, <laughs> it was straight up like like you said, Michael Minority Report. Like this yeah. is the the total goal here was to be able to walk through a mall, mm-hmm. and as you walk past a sign in a mall, it just immediately flips over, right, and starts showing you stuff that's targeted to you. Been and a while was, since you've been to the Gap. Yeah, <laughs> John. <laughs> well, yeah. it's it gets even like more. Deep when you think about it, Google, for example, if they're you know kind of incorporating something like this into a loyalty card, let's say, because Google is like they, they keep track of everything through our map and thing like that, so that sure. we're it constantly knows where we're headed, where we've been, where we're going. Not just the mall that we're in, but the fact that we just got a haircut, yeah. or the fact that we eat dinner at you know Morton Steakhouse once a month, right. or whatever that is. That all that information is kind of like. It's great for people who want to sell you products, but it is a little bit kind of like overwhelming to think of like the amount of data that is collected on on us that can then be used to advertise to us. And then we get to a matrix world that's even deeper than, you know, minority report of like, Hmm. am I doing this because I like it or because something is telling me that I like it? Do I like it because I'm being targeted so specifically that I've I don't discover new things anymore because it's all being mm-hmm. sort of shown to me in in this level that's way beyond any that's, I mean, like, that's, that's, that's dark. the way the internet is for me. <laughs> in I mean, conclusion, like... free will is an illusion. Yeah. Mm. Continue listening to the Android Central podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's sponsored by Thrifter. <laughs> you will know if you're not listening. <laughs> um, I mean, we could talk actually about the the, the fact that you know, Google is using Assistant to learn so much about you, um, not just what you like to shop for, but just your daily routines. You're giving them all of this data that you may not be using your phone for. Mm-hmm. You're, you're inquiring about things on a regular basis. They understand when you're asking these things, who is asking them in your house. Kids are using Alexa and Google Assistant when they don't have their own phones, but they have been... Uh, they've been made to feel comfortable interacting with the assistants themselves. Um, you know, Russell, you have kids. I'm sure you, have, you know, you must have an idea of what the relationship is between them and, and these virtual assistants. Uh, Other Google... than learning how to cheat. <laughs> yeah, that was a funny story recently. And yeah, it was actually weird. Uh, for Christmas, I gave uh, a Facebook portal to my uh, sister, not as a gift. I just, I had one for her to try out because uh, I picked up three when uh, I... It was a really long story. Uh, and my uh, my nephew looked at it, and he, the very first thing he said is, cool, this thing can help me with my homework. Really? And I was like, oh, that's... That's, right. that's very... That's I'm going to hear about that later. We're hearing about it all the time, not just with, with any particular assistant of things. It's no. Like all assistants, all, all devices now that younger kids are, are kind of like catching on that their little assistants can help them cheat. Yeah, because one of the first demonstrations that you see when you go into, like, a Best Buy or something is, you know, what's three times four? Right. Well, to adults, it's like, oh, okay, it knows this thing. To kids, it's like, hey, oh, yeah. <laughs> it sure. knows stuff. I don't have to try. 
Um, one of the we were demoing the uh, Focals by North, these uh, pair of augmented reality glasses that uh, is made by a Toronto-based company or a Waterloo-based company, uh, formerly uh, formerly made the Mayo Band. Um, anyway, so they are. Well, I was talking to the the uh, co-founder, and he was saying how many people are thinking about using these to cheat on their homework because teachers are going to be unaware, especially the more the, these kinds of glasses look like regular glasses. They don't look mm-hmm. bulky anymore. It's very difficult to see the holographic film on the, on the lens. So it's hard, and you can be surreptitious enough not to really make it obvious that you're looking at whatever you're looking at. So uh, lots more to come in this space, uh, and therefore <laughs> lots of, I think, security firms are going to have a, a field day We've already seen that though. With it, you don't even need to go so deep as like augmented reality glasses or anything. Is like every time a new product comes out, you hear, you know, what smart watches have been banned in schools. Oh yeah, tablets have been banned in tests. Phones have been banned in tests. Things like that. And this is just the next level of that same exact thing. Mm, Yeah. And I, you know, I don't know. Like the Focals, for example, I could barely tell that they were smart. Glasses. They looked really natural to me. Y'all, so how does your teacher, like, do you have to get your glasses scanned before you walk in the room? Y'all are very kind. Like, if you were looking, <laughs> if you were looking directly into the eyes of, of one of the people presenting them, then yes. But the minute you, like, go off access to by the five side. degrees, yeah, it's like, to the side, wow, it's you clear. got Snickers bars holding those things. Under no, they're not that thick. They're not that they're thick. They're thick. <laughs> they're, you, you don't not notice it. I th- I, I, I'm, a, I'm with uh, Michael here. I, I think they look good. They are they're much, surely much not Google Glass yeah. ugly. But or even, they look, like, the views explained. Yeah, like those are those are still pretty chunky all the way yeah. around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, These but are, the technology in here is amazing. It yeah, really is. it's it's super close. Yep. Yeah. Um, all right. So what 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 else do we want to want to talk about? Uh, I want to talk a little bit about the Google Assistant finally coming to Sonos Beam and Sonos One. I got to demo it yesterday. It's amazing. It's super reliable and it just works. And it's coming soon. I, they won't give me a release date. It's and still it's in private a beta. Update. Yeah, it's still it's That's a software awesome. update. Uh, you won't be able to use Alexa and Assistant on the same speaker. But if you have, say, a Beam in front of you under your TV and a, and a couple of Play Ones or Sonos Ones um, as surround uh, speakers, you'll be able to have Alexa on that as well. And it'll just know whether you're closer to one than the other. So it's a it's a software switch that you flip between Alexa yeah. and oh well, that's yeah, cool. It's a software switch. Uh, it switch. It's uh, pretty reliable. Um, you can pause something on a an Alexa powered Sonos One and then resume it downstairs on a assisted powered Sonos Beam, for instance. Like it, it has a continuity here where if you know if you've been using Spotify, it knows that. That's really why this has taken so long, because they want to get the experience perfect. So what I want to know is that because you can use the Sonos speakers that you're talking about specifically, Sonos One and Sonos Beam, also with AirPlay, Mm -hmm. so you can have Siri as your assistant, you can have Mm -hmm. Alexa as your assistant, and now you can have... um, Does Google have a name? It's a separate name. Google Assistant. No. Google Assistant. You can have Google Assistant It just rolls off the tongue, right? Yeah. Yeah. Keep saying that brand What you can do on Beam (laughs) is you can ask Siri to have Alexa play music. You can do it in the reverse. Yeah. So I'm wondering, can you third level that with the third assistant? Because, like, you can't play um, Spotify. You can't stream Spotify directly on HomePod, but I can stream Spotify 
directly on my HomePod via my Sonos Beam. So I tell Sonos Beam to play Spotify, and it shoots it to my HomePods. So all three of them are playing at the same time. So uh, right. does Google Assistant add that next level to it that you can huh. directly stream to HomePod through the Beam? That's kind of impressive if, if that's if that's a there's there's like question. so many holes to fall into here, like with with this functionality. But yeah. um, I think that they're trying to figure things out. Um, I know that, for example, if because Sonos supports Apple Music, but Google Assistant doesn't, so you won't be able to say, "Hey, play um, play X song on Apple Music using Google Assistant." Right. But, but if you start it on your Sonos app, you can say, "Hey, G, pause." And it'll pause it, and then it'll re- you can resume the song that's currently playing, mm-hmm. and it will continue to play Apple Music. But you can also group all of your speakers together, so you can start playing it on HomePod, and it will play through your Sonos Beam or Sonos Wum. So you are still getting, like, you can do this with, with uh, yeah. Alexa and, and, um, and HomePod. Yeah. Uh, you, you just, because you're grouping them, the music, it all depends on where you start it. You have to mm. actually ask the specific assistant to give you the starting point. So I would ask Siri if I wanted to play Apple Music and I would ask Alexa if I wanted to play Spotify and then it plays through all of my speakers. So it does work with those two. It was nice to have a workaround. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it's chunky just, as well. It is not a smooth, <laughs> smooth... Most of the time, they're confused and don't understand what I'm talking about. But right. if I work at it and I say the right phrase, it does work. It obviously <laughs> Siri is way worse than Alexa. If I tap my head three times and twirl, <laughs> it'll, it'll, it'll do it. If I beg... Do we want to hit the other Lenovo? Oh, sure do. That's my next thing. So let's talk about this kind of, uh, we've been talking Google Assistant. Let's talk about the Lenovo SmartTab P10, uh, which is on the opposite side of things. It's an Android tablet that when docked turns into what is essentially an Amazon Echo show. So Russell and Andrew and Michael, you got to see this. Um, It sounds pretty neat because it's a dual function device that is not, doesn't compromise at all. And it's not expensive like two different devices. They start at $200 for the crappy tablet <clears throat> and $300 for the slightly less crappy tablet. The crappy one being the Lenovo Smart we, uh, M10. M10. Oh, you yes. saw this too? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So we've all seen it except me and Lori. So that's fine. So <laughs> tell us about it. How's, how is it? Is it good? First, I would say that there is, there is a bit of a compromise in that the tablets are, as Andrew said, you know, they're not top of the line. They're not like you know Sony Xperia tabs from a couple of years ago. They're viewing. They're, they're viewing for, devices. For These are Netflix machines. Exactly. Yeah. Right. yeah. I mean, they're powered by something like a Snapdragon four hundred and fifty, right? Yeah. Four um, gigs of RAM. Yeah. You know, they're not. They're not spec monsters. They're. They're made for Netflix. They're made for maybe occasional browsing in, in, in Chrome. And but the the exciting part is they can probably do that pretty well, given that you don't yeah. really need to have a lot of specs to do that stuff. And yeah, when you drop it into the dock. It's pretty seamless. They're early yet. They're going to launch later this month, I think. Yeah. But can you can you explain to me what by, by dropping it into a dock? So there's a long, a long rectangular. Um, looks like a Bluetooth covered, speaker. Yeah, looks, oh, it looks, is a Bluetooth it, speaker. It, it, it is. is a Bluetooth speaker. You could manually pair. It's about to, twelve if you inches by three two inches by, by two inches. Yeah, so it's, something like that. Yeah. Um, there's a, it's like a big watch box. Is yeah. What it is. And when you drop the tablet into it, pogo pins connect, so the tablet charges, and it instantly the Android interface goes away in the screen. You just get this black, and there's the Aha, clock. that's where it's, it's an, different. It's okay. an Amazon Echo Show. Okay, and so, it has the same Echo Show home screen and everything. It's showing you news headlines or whatever, and then uh, now it switches to using the speakers and microphones in the base. Mm, right. So far field uh, microphones pair of three watt speakers. 
And of course, there's a physical mute switch on it as well if you want that. But now you can talk to it just like you do in Echo Show. It's always it's always on and available. And the speakers sounded really nice. Yeah, they did. They I was actually surprised by how they they sounded like what we would expect from the current crop of of Echo devices. It was it was good. And the first question you asked was about feature parity. Yeah, so here's a problem, right? Like uh, the the Amazon ecosystem is really great if you have something that's Echo branded, but as soon as you step away from something that's Echo branded, there's a lot of features that end up missing. One of my personal pet peeves that uh, ends up missing from a lot of these is drop-in, which is their communication system, being able to, to call another Echo uh, and, and, you know, chat with things just doesn't work on so many uh, Amazon Alexa devices. Uh, this, out of the box, will also not work with the Amazon communication suite, but a software update coming uh, before the middle of the year will rectify that, which is huge because it means that Amazon finally recognizes that this is a problem and is doing something to fix it. Right. And it's just going to be a software package update that's going to come later that really will make this be on total feature parity with an Amazon Echo Show, which is massive. I sort of feel like this is a misguided product, though, because you either have yourself an Echo Show or you have yourself a tablet, and both of them do their own things. Like a docking station for a tablet, I think, what if it had HDMI and you could plug it into your TV, and then that becomes some kind of beautiful smart display that you could use. This idea that you're just turning your tablet into a dockable product doesn't seem... It's really funny that you should say that because when we first did the reviews uh, and even the hands-ons for the Lenovo Smart Display last year, yeah. we were overwhelmed with comments saying, this is so dumb, why not just give me a tablet that I can remove? And they did give there me a tablet. There was a ton of people where it was like the number one comment. I don't understand why I need this standalone device connected to a big speaker. Why not just let me use a tablet? And Lenovo is doing exactly that. They're they're yeah. delivering on this this uh, this massive wave of feedback that they got to be able to do this. And but it's also it's being marketed as a do- as a as a display, a smart display, right? As both. Not it's as a the, tablet. No, no, no. They're definitely oh, pushing they it. Say, they explicitly said it is a tablet first. Yeah. Wait. No, really? He, oh, they explicitly not, said I was getting the exact it is, opposite. It is feel. the smart tab P10. Right. Sure. It is a tablet first. Okay. That also, they, I don't think that's how most people are going to use it. Oh, I, I don't think so either. It's an Echo Show with it that happens to have a tablet that you can pull off and like I use. Just, so the interesting Maybe. thing is that, mm-hmm. uh, of course, I I agree with you that it's not. It is right down the middle for me. I I don't think it's one particularly more or the other. They did cite you know this. I don't know what their research was, but your average tablet is only used one hour a day. Right. And the other 23 hours, well, you're sleeping some of that, hopefully. Go to sleep, people. It's good for your health. The tablet is sitting just dying. People don't use their tablet for one hour and then set it down and judiciously charge it every single time. And that means that your tablet is not up to date. It's uh, dead every time you want to use it. This just solves the problem of giving it a place to live. I mean, we saw this a long time ago with, like, the Nexus 7, for God's sake, that had pogo pins on it and had a dock because this was kind of an idea. Did they ever release that dock? Yeah, they did. Okay. It and was terrible. So okay. they, that's why, so that's they, why it blinded out my memory. So they <laughs> solved that problem and then said, well, if it's going to sit there, you might as well do something mm-hmm. with it and, and make it make it a useful uh, device. Like, and to, to Laura's point really quickly, I don't think this is going to be somebody's only Echo. I think this right. is going to be somebody's Definitely. additional echo in a different room or something like that. Is it like also going to be their only tablet? 
Very possibly their okay. only tablet. I, yeah, I okay. could very well see someone buying this and either not realizing or just forgetting over time that it also does non yeah. things. But I think I just think about the nice use case for that one time that you now and then that you do need the tablet. Like you're watching something on the TV, you want to give your kid a tablet to use yeah. while you're on the TV, or vice versa. Yeah. You know, your your spouse or your kid's doing something, you can just pull out the tablet and have it there. It has it's a Full standard Android tablet. Lenovo's done very little to customize the software. Uh, it's running Android 8.1. It has multi-user support. It has everything. So it's just a regular tablet, which is good. Because yeah. I was worried that they were going to do some make it some weird scan. Amazon thing. And right. they didn't. And uh, yeah, it has the full Google Play services, which is excellent. But Absolutely. I think the reason that I came away with such a strong inclination that it was like Echo first, tablet second is because if you tablet first... What a boring product. It's an extremely boring the, the product. The dock comes in the box for a reason. Like, this thing is meant yeah. to live in that dock most of the time. And I you think. can't get the dock separately. You can't get the tablet without the dock. I agree with you. They're extremely boring I tablets. Can, I can speak to this idea of the tablet being lame. Um, when Nintendo Switch first, when Nintendo first announced the Switch, yeah. all you heard about was how terrible it was as a tablet. And guess uh, what? That doesn't matter anymore. Right. So I have a feeling that... There's going to be a lot of people who spec-wise are going to say, this is the worst, junkiest tablet in the world. But once it's used in the real world by people, that's not going to be an issue. It's not going to matter. Yeah, and that's yeah. going to, the fact that it only comes with the dock is going to save Lenovo from any, uh, like you can't be that critical about the tablet because that's that's not really the whole thing. You right. can't judge it as a tablet because, I mean, if you did, it, it's only like, a hundred and fifty dollar tablet. I mean, it's extremely cheap for yeah. a a ten point one inch um, device with a display that actually looks really good. It's fine. dual or quad firing speakers. Like, it's not like a total bargain basement piece of garbage. Android tablets are done. Oh, they're completely. Right? So, like, they're, why, so what I'm saying is this maybe. lets this lets them take. <laughs> oh, yeah, can, they don't we, take we can, the blame. We can segue into a foldable discussion later that might reference that point. Oh, right, of course. But yeah. Uh, so I want to know something. How is uh, the Amazon layer integrated? Is it a completely separate partition? The no, it's basically just launching an app. Is yeah, it an it app? Is literally yeah. just yeah. An app. It's just a funny version of the app. Because uh, you need to have all of the Amazon apps installed. So this is the huh. uh, the other difference. Is yeah, that this is when a you, When you ask it to play something from uh, Amazon Music or Prime Video, all it's do it's not uh, doing it a, a direct stream like the Echo Show would. It's basically just opening those apps in the background and playing. Oh, that's clunky. No, it's no, not that clunky. I actually think it's better. Huge upside. Why? It picks up exactly where you left off because you the the app knows the state of all the things, whereas the Echo Show doesn't always know the state of things and is starting fresh. Sure, but what happens to um, you know? I'm thinking of the software update layer that Amazon's pushing all the time. This may have the same issue as many of the smart displays. That's like where, what we were talking about earlier, yeah. Yeah, it'll, there is it may receive features months or, or not at all. Months later, not at all. There, there may be a risk of that. I, I don't know how much that would hold for things like playing movies and music, but uh, you ask an Echo show to play the the next episode of, of a show, and it's terrible at it. Like it, it just sometimes it just doesn't do it, and other times it'll grab like the first episode in the season when you're already six episodes in. Like yeah, it's, yeah. it is really terrible at that thing, uh, and this this looks like it would be a solution to that because, like Andrew said, it, the, you already the app already has that information where it knows you've already watched three episodes of the show. 
And final cool thing is the dock is also just a Bluetooth speaker. Oh yeah, yeah. we said it. Yeah. Oh okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it it has functionality when the when the tablet leaves. Right. Now, you know how much I really ask. It's Bluetooth, meaning you can pair with anything. Pair with yeah, anything. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> we're talking a slightly uh, less than terrible Android tablet. Let's talk about an actual terrible Android tablet. Oh, uh, <laughs> I thought you were going to say that the MediaPad was somehow better. No, I'm not going to bury the lead here. <laughs> uh, you were too kind in your headline, Alex. Oh, that was my That was Russell's headline. You were too kind in your yeah. headline. No, he does the one thing really well. <laughs> okay, let me... Everything let me, else about it sucks. Let me introduce it. Hang on. Then, then we can dump on it. So, <laughs> Huawei, Huawei introduced another MediaPad tablet at the show. Uh, it's the MediaPad M5 Lite. Uh, it's not interesting. Let's talk about it for 30 seconds. But, Russell, you gave it the benefit of the doubt because it comes with a, an active stylus in the box, and it's kid-friendly, and there's a layer there that's interesting. Yeah, so there's there's uh, this kid zone uh, that you can launch via an app and, and make it so that the kid can't actually leave the kid zone unless there's a, a pin uh, entered. Oh, and the... Um, Joining our podcast now is one of the service members of the Palazzo. Um, the, uh, the, the Kid Zone has uh, this really interesting uh, kind of feature set where you can uh, choose what apps the kids have access to, and they are the normal apps. So if you want to add Netflix, it's the straight-up version of Netflix. And then there are kid-friendly uh, camera app and, and stuff like that that you can include in this software um, to, to launch this kid zone, you can either unlock the tablet in uh, the way that you normally would and then tap the app icon to launch kid zone, or you can actually set your kid's fingerprint to be the thing that launches kid zone. So your kid can pick up the tablet and unlock with a fingerprint that and is immediately one thing launches that should be kid zone. Every phone. Right. Mm, yeah. That's so really I thought smart. that that was really clever and so it makes it so that your kid only knows kid zone as that, like that's the operating system as far mm. as the kid is concerned. Uh, and I thought that the way that I, you know, I messed around with it for a little while, and it was just really well done. The rest Which, of the tablet is... For Huawei is, is saying a lot. Yeah. Huawei did this really cool thing with software, not a thing I say yeah. often. Yeah. Yeah, so it was, it was cool. And then, yeah, you combine it with the active stylus, uh, there was, you know, th- this is not a new thing, uh, but Huawei is... Yeah, uh, they had an earlier version of it, I, which had, like, a button and some stuff on it. I think yeah. this, is, this is a... They call it the... Uh, M Pen Lite. I'm not sure what makes it light compared to the old one. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't know. Physically but it, smaller, I'm not sure. The operating system itself includes handwriting recognition for sending messages and stuff like that, and it was actually uh, really well done. And it included some interesting gestures for uh, splitting words if it accidentally misses something, or you know, the, the correction tools that were with it were were nice. Like that was that was really well done. That and the kid zone thing are genuinely the only two things about this that are good. Yeah, so the rest of the tablet <laughs> is um, it's essentially, I mean, yeah, the, the clues in the name, right? Light. It's a downgrade from the one they launched last year at MWC, the MediaPad M3 series. Um, it's also about as expensive as a regular 9.7-inch iPad. It's $300. It's Yeah, 300 So there's no reason to buy it, really. No. Unless you unless you really, really got to have that pen integration and that kids mode. Which Zero reason to buy this yeah. at the resale price that they're pushing. Um, so, yeah, RIP. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you, if you want a solid kids' tablet, 
uh, your options within wait, that wait. price range are a 9.7 inch iPad, which has kid features you can yeah, enable. And has or, better, better apps. And um, has better apps and probably a better battery. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or uh, the, the Amazon uh, Kindle Fire HD Kids Edition, mm. which does not have a fingerprint sensor, uh, but had, comes with the, the rugged, super colorful case. And the the Echo and the, the Fire-based kid tools are also really good. It's worth saying that, you know, I mean, this isn't explicitly a kid's tablet, but it's still as as fragile as a regular iPad would be, or as, as yeah. a general tablet would be. It's still 2.5D glass on the front that's not going to survive, you know, a three to four-foot four drop onto a kitchen counter right. or whatever. It's yeah. still quite fragile. Um, yeah, it, the other weird thing out of this, and also the announcement around the Lenovo tablets, is just the fact that no one has a tablet running Android Pie. People are still making Android tablets, right? But there's nothing running Pie. And yeah. And when we asked people about it, the responses were real cagey. Yeah, really weird. And what we'll talk about foldable phones a little bit later on, but we're expecting Samsung at the very least to have something in the next few months that is an Android device. Inevitably, foldable phones, the UI they run when you fold them out, that is an Android tablet interface. And I'm wondering if the reason why we haven't seen anything, anything at all, running uh, that is a tablet running Android 9 is because the tablet version of Android 9 is also the foldable version of Android 9. Dun, dun, and that's dun. not done yet. Hmm. So let's actually move into that because... I'm so I, glad you segued into it because that was a great segue that we would have lost if you just moved on to something else. <laughs> right. Good job. Sorry. Good job. But I, um, you know, I, I think, you know, we're, we've kind of exhausted all of the good announcements here. I don't know. We no. haven't talked on a V20 yet. Did I miss the conversation can... about TVs with um No, no, here? no. We didn't actually. I mean, that's, that's what I'm idea. here for. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're here to... That is a genuinely cool host. thing. Uh, yeah. I, so I, I'm, if I'm understanding it correctly, there's going to be some of the, uh, I believe, LG TVs that current um, models dating back two years will support AirPlay, so you won't have to get a brand new TV in order mm-hmm. to get huh. it. Um, I might be wrong on that because I don't have all that information in front of me. You're speaking out of my uh, understanding of like TVs and AirPlay. (laughs) (laughs) You got nothing for me. Okay, so I can lie and everybody will just yeah. Okay, shake their head. An LG software update. So so I I think it's (laughs) it's an interesting turn that um, Apple is kind of moving this way to actually allowing their their system to work with TVs. it's just AirPlay. Uh, I think um, iTunes is going to be on yeah. um, Samsung Samsung TV, so, but not AirPlay. No, uh, uh, wait. Yes, I think AirPlay will be on Samsung. Okay. Samsung will get both, yeah. but then the others will just get AirPlay. Okay, so that's what it is. So iTunes, an iTunes app on your smart TV, that's great. Um, AirPlay 2 on your smart TV helps you be able to um, mirror from your phone. Um, so that's not as great. It's cool, but um, it's it's just a nice little integration. For example, like the fact that um, Sonos Beam works with AirPlay 2 allows me to kind of incorporate my Apple Musics into my like living room system, even though it's a little clunky and kind of hard to navigate. It I can do that because of the AirPlay 2 compatibility. And so being able to do that with your smart TV, I think it's a nice thing. It's certainly um, baby steps in a more integrated direction for, for Apple, but I see them kind of positioning themselves deeper in services. So if, you, if there's more people that have more access to things like Apple Music, 
um, you know, this is kind of like a, a base that they can start from and then grow. And it actually shows one of the benefits for the TV makers of not going directly with like a wholesale Android TV experience yeah. like so many have. Mm. You have Samsung and LG uh, both going their own way. Uh, with their own operating systems, and it lets them strike deals and do things like well, this. Well, no, Sony also struck a deal for their Android TVs to run uh, uh, AirPlay 2. Oh, but I mean, like, iTunes. Oh, so it's Samsung is the only one yeah, that gets iTunes. iTunes. Right, and it's just on the... Just on the smart... The higher-end smart TV yeah, layers. Yeah. None of the ones running Android TV. So, that, I mean, the, 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 the weird thing was that Apple made s- separate deals, different deals with different manufacturers. Some are getting HomeKit and AirPlay... Samsung's getting iTunes and AirPlay, but no HomeKit. Vizio is getting uh, AirPlay and no HomeKit. And LG, I think, is getting HomeKit and AirPlay 2. Sony's getting, I don't know, whatever. But Apple has done this very, very well because at the very least, everybody's getting some AirPlay, right? And Apple's getting a chance for people to stream directly from their app, from their iPhones and iPads to uh, to their television set. Uh, lots of Samsung and LG TV owners have iPhones. This makes a yeah. ton of sense. Yeah. And it makes a ton of sense of the ecosystem play of Apple trying to counteract the push of cast to everything. Yeah. yeah. It's something they don't control, so it makes sense. To and try. I think now Apple just has to start a massive campaign of telling everybody what AirPlay is because nobody knows what AirPlay is. I yeah, tell you, when you brought it up, I had to think for a minute. I thought yeah. your eyes that little icon. Oh, yeah. Absolutely <laughs> nobody uses AirPlay. AirPlay was and a actually, dumpster fire. Yeah. AirPlay 2, not so much. I was just going to say, AirPlay, you you really do have to distinguish the differences because AirPlay 2 is significantly And isn't it a different improved. protocol? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it yeah and it, it like allows for a lot more connectivity. So if you've got a device that plays AirPlay, that doesn't mean anything. Your uh, AirPlay device probably still sucks. Right. But if you have a device that runs AirPlay 2... And yeah. I, there, not a lot of them have software pushouts. So there's like, that's it's. There are so few AirPlay two compatible speakers out there right now. You could literally make one list of them. It's not that many. Mm-hmm. So uh. it's it's a. But AirPlay two is great, and it is a growing kind of idea. And I, th- I what I wanted to say about this is, um, you know, Apple's getting a lot of flack on the on the finance world because their stocks are kind of plummeting. If you want to use that <laughs> word, Let's, I hope nobody goes and sells their stock right now because I said that. Um, Apple, I think, has been trying to rejigger itself as being more than just an iPhone sales company. Yeah. They're trying to remind everybody that they do a much larger ecosystem. And I think um, putting AirPlay 2 out to um, homes, home television sets, I think, is another way for them to kind of like show that they're broadening their scope and stop counting our unit sales and start seeing our overall money-making machine you know so i think this is actually yet another example of how um apple is repositioning itself in the finance world of stop looking at our phone sales so i'm actually gonna i'm gonna step in for renee ritchie here who uh he he couldn't be here but he is at ces uh he also brought up an interesting point that if you airplay a netflix stream from your iphone you are avoiding the data collection that many of these TVs that have built-in Netflix uh, is doing. That's a good point. And that is a really important distinction here. If you avoid using the built-in apps on your Samsung or Vizio TV, you are not contributing to the data collection ecosystem that Vizio is subsidizing its, its, you know, loss-leading or at least, like, very low-margin TVs on. If you're okay with that, sure, go for it. But one of, like, the significant announcement here is that AirPlay is is good, but also that uh, that it's secure and that Apple is not taking any of your 
uh, your data there. So I don't know. It's it's something to think about. You want to touch on the billboard before we move on? The oh yeah, the um, what stays in va- what what is it? What happens on your iPhone stays on your iPhone. Yeah. So this is a billboard that was on a LVCC facing hotel. <laughs> I believe it's a Marriott, if I can see from the distance. Yeah, it's right by the Westgate. It's extremely ironic. Uh, Yeah, I I, I actually, (laughs) I I have to commend Apple on that move, because, like, you've got just this Google wrapped everywhere, everything else, the monorail, every time it goes by, it says Hey G on it, and then you've got this really almost... um, it almost looks like a stop, like a cigarette smoking, like uh, yeah, like danger it's ad because it's black, and black white. with white text on it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, it's uh, it's a little fear mongering, but it's, and it's very, Apple very well played. Do things like that, as far as I know, they don't put up giant ads on the sides of buildings. Apparently, they do during, this time. They do. I mean, the, it's CES. significant. Yeah, that's, that's why it's so notable, right? Right. It's like, oh my! Right. There's also one playbook. Like Just every one. company has multiple billboards. Samsung has plastered Bixby Home everywhere. <laughs> And yet, this is a single billboard that's Getting gotten more a lot attention more attention. Yes. Definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let's talk Bixby a little because Samsung. Like, Do we have to? <laughs> I actually was waiting for a chance to pee, so I. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> bye, bye, Michael. Pardon me. So uh, let's just bring it up for a second. Bixby Home still no release date. Uh, Bixby Galaxy Home. Sorry, back, Galaxy Home running Bixby is still no release date, and Samsung says that uh, Bixby is going to be everywhere in on its fridges on its washing machines, but not apparently on the product that it's using to promote Bixby. Yeah, it was on stage again, though. They did a demo. Sure did. It worked. All right, that's that's enough about that. Uh, <laughs> now let's swing all the way back around this uh, this curve back to the foldable phone point that Alex made uh, like Oh, wow, okay. Ago. Yeah, so foldable phones are going to be a thing this year, for better or worse. And apparently um, that's what's holding up Android 9 Pie. Well, I, I mean... It's a good guess. Maybe. I mean... We'll see in, in a couple of months, I guess. But yeah, we saw the first Android-powered foldable phone, or the first, indeed the first foldable phone that you, you know, has actually been confirmed to go on sale and you can and be available that you can actually play with and and stuff. It is the touch and somewhat experience. Yeah, and, and make a video trashing if you're us. Yeah, um, yeah. What it is, is that the, product called? It is the Royal Royal R O Y O L E Flex Pie. Um, yeah, which is Flex Pi, huh? F L E X P Capital P A I. Yeah, the capital is really important. <laughs> yeah, you got to. So th- this, this is a this is a weird little phone slash tablet by uh, a company that's only a few years old, primarily like a flexible display company, and they're obviously getting out here at CES to try and get ahead of the curve because you know when an, no an actual <laughs> when an actual company makes. Like like a Samsung or an LG makes a full phone, even if it's bad, it's going to be better than the Royal Flex Pie. Yeah, definitely. Uh, <laughs> it's that so, bad. Huh? It's pretty bad. It's bad. So, what's, what's bad about it? What it what it shows the the cool part about it is that it works, and they're not like they don't uh, have yeah, it. That depends oh, on, on your now. definition of works. It, it is it a, folds. It is a functional yes, device yes. that does the thing that they say that it does. It folds in half. And then it comes back, and the it, everything it folds moves. into like a wedge, kind of. Yeah, thing, there's maybe yeah, like a five to ten millimeter gap at the top. So it it has modern smartphone specs. It folds. It does the thing. Yeah. It's not in some giant fake ID case. It's not behind plexiglass. It's in a giant fake ID case. It actually works, which is we've we've seen LG and Samsung and a million other companies show flexible display demos but hooked not up a to a dartboard. And yeah. Yeah. yeah, this is actually a device that works. Um, you're right; it's just going to be completely 
destroyed and taken over by uh, real companies making real devices that yeah. are going to work. But this shows a lot of the issues with trying yeah, to make yeah. a phone fold just inherently. So Not just this Royal. So this was phone. the interesting thing. I mean, as a product, who cares? No one's going to buy it. Um, it's coming out, what, next year in the US? I mean, good who luck, knows? Good, good luck with US. that. It's on sale. It, it is, like, available it's, now. I, I call BS on that because it's supposed to be an 855 in there. There's no way that's on sale so anyway. It's something like 1300 for import. You can, <laughs> yeah. you can place orders so, now. Get reaching for that company card. Though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, the interesting thing about this, it's, you know, look, the software is horribly broken. The device is not attractive. Um, it's it's a giant wedge that's difficult to get into a pocket, depending on the size of your pockets. Skinny jeans, you've probably got no chance. A back pocket is fine. But it highlights the usability issues of this kind of device, right? You have to have a plastic screen. Or so at this the very one's least, in, and also we should say from the start, this one's an outward folding screen. Outward folding screen. So a single screen that actually, I mean, folds and you see the fold on the outside yes the screen is on the outside so samsung's one has a second screen on the outside you open it up and you get the the full tablet but you don't see that screen when you're in phone mode distinctly different yeah distinctly different very very different way of doing that but as a result when you fold it in on itself um actually knowing which side stuff is supposed to be on and in which orientation is confusing both for you and apparently for the phone (laughs) Oh yeah, the, the sensors it, are really mm-hmm. difficult. It's not easy to just do the accelerometer thing where you know if it's no. yeah. you know vertical or horizontal. You'd, if you were smart, you would use the capacitance of the screen and see how you're holding it. But then, well, that brings up a great point. The screen stays on, but they turn off the capacitive part of the backside mm. because otherwise you would just be like moving stuff around, and especially if you try to hold it with your palm up against the screen part. Yeah. So that's just inherent in this type of design doing the outward folding. And it makes you understand why Samsung is going through the trouble of doing the inward fold. Why, with uh, another everything that's wrong with this device uh, is just uh, you know, makes you realize why it's taken Samsung the best part of a decade from when they first showed the, you know, the bendy OLED. The dis- yeah, the display itself is not a problem. Yeah. The screen covering is definitely a problem because it's plastic. Yeah. It has to be. Samsung's will be as well. The, you know, it it it's hard to tell. With and I'm willing to bet JP when you're devices, in but when you're in phone mode, you could very well have one screen on the outside. And actually, one of the benefits of having that style of device could be when you have it in phone mode, you don't need to deal with the plastic screen because it's just me glass on one yep. side because that's going to be flat. Mm. And then if you want a tablet, well, you probably just be watching something on there anyway or doing a bit of live browsing. Maybe and it's not going to get scratched to hell like a yeah, plastic uh, yeah. And actually, you know, important if it's folding in itself, it's not going to get scratched to hell. I really like the compromise that had to happen on the back side. So everyone has taken photos of the front of this thing, and rightfully, because it's cool that the display, like, mm. folds around, whatever. You look at the back side of this thing, and it's like it's like somebody took two glossy black plastic phones and joined them together with a piece of that stuff that air conditioners have to make sure air doesn't get <laughs> Oh, no, it, it looks exactly like that accordion rubber. It looks like a, the middle of an articulating wow. city bus. Yes, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> and not, you know, I... Not a nice articulating bus, like a really (laughs) janky. And I'm not, I I don't bring it up just to like crap on that, because like you have to, something in this device has to have tension and compression friendly material. Mm -hmm. And like, that's the way you can do it. That's the way you can do it. I just found it amazing after sort of 10 minutes of gawking at this pretty cool display, despite all of its uh, problems, to look at the back of this thing and be like, oh. Oh, well, this, no, this won't do at all. <laughs> they, they did have one very cool um, hardware feature when it is uh, folded on itself. They have really strong magnets oh, yeah. along the yeah. the yeah. top and bottom, or 
left and right bezels that are now touching in the back that it really clicks together when it gets, you know, within like a quarter inch or so. The hilarious thing is you have that really nice motion where it snaps into place and then you unfold it and... and it the doesn't act, snap flat. <laughs> it doesn't snap to anything and it's mushy garbage because it's it's just the, the other end of a hinge. It's, so it's meant to be laid on a anything. table. Yeah. Really, I guess. Because, you would think that you there would be some it. kind of locking hinge type of thing where you can hold it by one side, by that fat bezel on the left side. I guess, and yeah. not have it kind of flopping around like reading a book with one hand. No, yeah. I'm with Alex. I think it's it's one of those things that, especially if you're a fidgety person, uh, like you could be sitting here with this thing in tablet mode <laughs> and yeah, just wiggle it back and forth. Like yeah, flex the display yeah. while you're doing something. And, and that that can't, there's no way that thing survives. Yeah, they're, they're saying what? 200,000 actions. I, again, fold, 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 unfold. Maybe called BS that, on that. Yeah. And that's, uh, I feel like that I could fold and unfold like, 2,000 times in two days. Yeah, Just yeah, fidgeting right? with it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah. So you have this really nice snapping motion on one side, and then you fold it out, and it doesn't. At least and it's every mushy. Sing- it's mushy, but every single one of the devices I saw would not go completely flat, would not stay completely Same. flat of their own accord. It would yeah. be like this very, very low sort of curve. Like a little Could we call that Bengate? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Look at you. This also just highlights the the benefit that somebody like Samsung is going to bring in that they know how to make a smartphone. Benefit of buying just a phone, not they a tablet. Yeah, they're going to make garbage. they're going to make a foldable phone that is going to have compromises just mm. inherently. Yeah. That this we've been this is a about. preview for everything everything that everyone's going to complain about in the actual right. foldable phone. But it's phones, not going to have we'll problems with like the phone being flat when it folds out and like the hardware uh, looking like chintzy plastic garbage right. and like the hinge isn't going to fail and all that kind of stuff. Like Samsung knows how to build hardware yeah. things. And, and they've, they've been at this for for longer than this company has oh, yeah. existed. So. And, and the software mm-hmm. is not going to be a, a total janky pile like this one is. And actually, yeah, if you remember back when there was sort of like that half announcement of what Google wanted to do with, with foldable devices. Yeah. You see all those beautiful like materially animations of the way it transitions from the tablet view into the phone view. Uh, and there are different ones depending on uh-huh. what configuration it is. And compare it to the again the janky garbage that you get when you fold the flex by in half. Uh, uh, you, can... <laughs> you know, like you do when you're in New York and the slices are really big. You, you fold the flex by in half, <laughs> and it's oh. mushy. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> dollar pizza, man. Uh, yeah. Anyway, go go watch our video. We have a video on that because you know it is an, cool. It, to it see is it a very action. yeah. It's an, it's it's a cool thing to actually see. It's a preview of what's to come. Hopefully, better executed later in the year. So. Um, we have learned that uh, Samsung will announce. Uh, well, Samsung will host an unpacked event on February twentieth. We know this now. By the time you hear this, that will be that will be news to you. Um, and we can assume that along with the Galaxy S ten, do we think that their their foldable phone will launch? No, they'll do another Samsung, tease. I would do it. I would do another tease, and then its own event with nothing else. There. Yeah. Like this, that this deserves its own day. Sure. They, they already have um, the the extra kind of circumstance of being the Galaxy S10. It's the tenth one, and all this kind of stuff. They can they don't need anything extra, and especially since 
we would expect the S10 to maybe be a little bit more of a bump because, you know, the S9 was pretty iterative over yeah, the S8. the old TikTok thing. Yeah, we can hope that the S10 is going to be interesting enough that they don't feel the need to have to do anything. Uh, maybe they'll also, show off the Galaxy Home. Huh? Also, <laughs> it's, it's just, yeah, maybe. Maybe we'll finally see that. Maybe we'll, they'll just forget about it. They're just going to keep they never did it. Also, I don't think they would, they would risk that overshadowing, uh, overshadowing an yeah. S10 launch. It's, it, you know, right. doing two in one like that, they already supposedly have like three models of the S10. You've got the light the edge and the plus supposedly yeah i wouldn't think they would want to risk it by just you know adding more noise there with this thing that most people probably aren't going to care about I mean, absolutely that's fair too but apple sometimes does their one more thing they'll like maybe, show off maybe. four or five products and then at the end they'll be like oh by the way this is our big release for the year yeah it but... would remind me a lot of a huawei launch they like to do that kind of thing and yes. the may 20 launch was like they, they didn't brief anyone or tell anyone ahead of time about the Mate 20X, the giant, you know, mm. uh, <laughs> cutting board kind yeah. of thing, like seven-inch phone. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, may- maybe something like that is... is I, that's what I want. I want Samsung to come on stage and be like, and by the way, this is the Samsung Galaxy S10 flap. <laughs> <laughs> it's available now. It only comes in one color, and that color is sadness. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, so... I believe it was uh, Samsung's uh, president of mobile for the United States did confirm to Digital Trends at CES that the foldable phone would launch in the first half of 2019. So that makes sense. At the very least, we know that it'll come before the end of June. That's crazy. Hmm. That it is, is kind of crazy. crazy. I'm wondering. They delay it, which yeah. is totally possible. Man, it's there. Yeah, there has to be a lot going on with Google. For yeah, that as well. Sure. Sure. Just to make it possible. Yeah, they're not. Yeah. I mean, maybe maybe they release it before there's proper. Maybe it's running Tizen. Maybe, maybe it's running <laughs> um, Water OS from the. <laughs> so I mean, that is that is a good Water OS. Water OS, yeah. That is a really which good is point. ironic because it does, it flows about as badly as anything I've ever used. Flush. So that is a great point, Alex, because. Uh, there's no chance of the foldable phone launching with Android Q, right? This is a... Nope. Uh, nope, because that's... Well, it's not Q1, is it? Well, quarter one. It's, uh, half one. Yeah. Finance. First half, yeah. Right. Ah. That, that wasn't... Hey, that man, was, listen. I'm just, I'm as just as honestly... Color, what are we talking about? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> what? Did what? I get my alphabet wrong? No, no you continue not. your... Nothing to do what with are you talking about? Okay. I just so just that it. it will launch with Pi. It'll have to. Yeah. 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 So there's not going to be some drastic redesign. Google's already teased improvements to Android for flexible displays. Mm-hmm. And we know that that's going to happen. But And Samsung's already shown us what the next version of its operating so system So what's it going to look... I mean, is it going to be a, a point one release? Is it just going to be an iteration of what we already see? How do you think this is going to happen? I feel like they're trying to move away from these point releases. Yeah. It's just going to be a framework. A bunch it's of just going to be like, hey, updates. hey, it now runs on the foldable thing. Look, Samsung already makes a perfect uh, representation of its software that scales from the Galaxy S9 to the Galaxy Tab S4. Sure. Why don't you just <laughs> put that on a foldable phone? I guess, yeah. Because Google is, Google is involved in this. I mean, Google is involved from the standpoint of making sure that the software reports to apps what's going on with the hardware. Yeah, but they have... From they, a framework perspective. They have insight into how apps are going to behave when you go from but small Google's, to big. But Google's biggest uh, job is making 
the APIs available to developers to make their apps change when the screen size changes and making Android have a function to tell apps when the screen size has changed. That's all Google does. Mm. Samsung handles everything else. So in the old days, that would that would mean a new API level, and usually an API level always means a 0.1 at least version bump. Yep. So maybe it will be a 9.1. Who knows? Mm. Okay. Anyway, nerdy stuff. Yeah. Extremely. Move on to probably the only good phone oh, of the show, really? which I see uh, Michael Fisher. Glint- glinting in the light. Yeah. I also have the Honor View 20. Illuminated Chevron. So what you guys can't see uh, as these two <laughs> jackasses the are waving them around <laughs> is that one of them is red and one of them is blue and both of them are gorgeous. Yes. It almost looks like it's lit up. Doesn't yeah. it? It, it has, has like an animated quality to it. It's pretty oh, lit. It's beneath the layers. <laughs> It is pretty lit. I think I will say that most of the photos you see are are shot with a with, with a room with sort of spotlighting overhead, and the Chevron edition it, it sort of picks up light in very narrow bands, mm. and so a lot of the photos make it look like there's maybe one or two little V's and that's painted it. on here, and that's it. But in person, there's so much going on yeah. under the under the paint. Mm. It's yeah. it's unbelievable. You almost need to see a video or an animation of it. A photo doesn't yeah. exactly. do, do it justice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. On the, the uh, so say, say the two channel, video people in, uh, and on the in Mr. the Mobile. Yeah, channel. yeah. So I, first of all, this is the this will be the first phone most people see with the new hole punch uh, screen. Well, depends depends how you define most people, but yeah. What do you mean? I don't Except like whole punch displays. I think they're terrible. Them. I would prefer not just to whole punch displays. I, I don't at me. I'm fascinated by that because I, I can't. I can't understand that. Oh, the screen. This Show looks like nope. this is so unassuming. It, you're wrong. I, you, you are oh. not wrong, Daniel Bader. You are absolutely correct. I, you know, I'm you correct. Moves the notifications. Your notifications are no longer on the left side of the display. I don't they, see are. How they are. No, they're not. You have this nonsense. You have this this stupid hole punch, and then you have a bit of display to the left of the hole punch that does just nothing. Un- unlock it for me. Okay, yeah. so we're talking about the Honor Mate, uh, the Honor View Twenty. Correct. Uh, so, Alex, this is. Sort of Honor's take on the Mate 20 Pro in some ways. Kind of. Uh, so a year ago, we had the View 10, and the problem with that was that it was just so boring as a phone. It, the, the idea with that back then was that you have something that is focused around a big display, something that has the latest specs. They want to hit that cadence that like Huawei does at the end of the year where they have the new Kirin chip, and they can bring all the features of that to something that's maybe like OnePlus pricing around sort of the five to 600 US dollar uh, price point. This kind of takes all of those good elements and actually adds a few things that make it a really interesting device. One of the things you heard us talk about, the design. Yeah. Way more eye-catching. The, the View 10 was such a dull phone to look at. I had forgotten Super that. generic. Yeah, I, I forgot I it even existed before they briefed us on this. Same. Yeah. Um, you have the new hole punch display, for better or worse. That's a, that's a new thing that they are one of the first, especially in the West, one of the first to bring that to, uh, feature to a phone. And you now have the first shipping in the West, 48 megapixel it's a camera phone. in a phone. 48 megapixel Sony sensor, IMX5, something or other. A 5736? Something like that. Sounds right. Yeah. And, and a 3D time 3D, of flight. Uh, yeah, TOF TOF sensor. Yeah. Um, Which is just there for depth sensing. There for depth sensing, but it's more it's it's better suited to to that than just, hey, we added an extra camera so we can do some janky triangulation based on you know the parallax between the two points. Right. Um, I would so, be interested to hear what your... Uh, photography experience has been thus far because I've been using the old software version until an hour ago. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so yeah, there's, a, there's a, an update we got on this out of the box. The, on the new software, I took a couple of pictures on the old software and I agree that they weren't great. Yeah. Uh, new software, pretty good. 
Um, it, That's it, not it, a stellar review. <laughs> well, well, so I've been we're very early, right? Well, I mean, we're you're talking at, about a 14-inch megapixel camera, and you're saying that it's pretty good. There's something wrong with the software. Not necessarily. No. Like, it, well, I, I, first of all, we, we haven't had time to analyze this. This stuff. Not really, and, and we're, we're pre-review here, so we can't really say too much. Yeah, but this this is like a OnePlus 6T level priced phone. I think the Euro- European pricing is equivalent of like 600 US. That's the ticket. Uh, okay. Give or take. Okay. So uh, I would say comfortably this is better than the 60s camera. Yeah, I'm sure that it has a chance to be, yes. Um, I've been spoiled. Very diplomatic of you, Michael. Yeah, I, I've been spoiled by the Pixel 3. So when I say it's pretty good, it's pretty good compared to the Pixel 3, which I think is just the best at anything. Well, one of the things right that now. excited me is that, like you said, uh, I don't remember who on the other side of the room said it, but this is sort of Honor's take on the Mate 20 Pro, yeah. and it, it has ported many features from yeah. that camera yeah. to this one, just from a software perspective, uh, like the you know some of the night mode yeah, stuff. Yeah. Uh, there is a. Do you want to talk about the creepiest thing about it? No. Like you know that... all the uh, the you, you've been able to do beauty mode and selfies forever to clear up blemishes and even do some face slimming because of the 3D, the depth, the added depth information. You can take a full body shot of yourself or someone else uh-huh. and thin yourself down. Oh, Boy, I sure won't. So, <laughs> so this is... Uh, th- this. So we're talking about, if I'm allowed to say the word pics that are modified. Well, you oh, just did. Wow. Yeah. That, wow. That, wow. You considered that. That is a thing that will happen. 100%. I don't want to live in this is world. Yes, is. I'm going home and I'm turning off all my phones. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. So where this, where this actually came from, and I'm, I'm reasonably sure, there, there are a bunch of social apps in China um, that are like beautification. There are a ton of different features. Sure. There are a bunch that already have this slimming feature. Okay. So, Is that right? Yeah. Oh, okay. It's, 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 you know, a Chinese market thing. I see. So to have it built into the camera with, with a time of flight sensor makes sense. In the West, super creepy without context. No doubt. Yeah. Somebody explain time of flight for people who don't know. Exactly what it does. Oh, I have to, if, you don't, if you don't know about it, I'm, I'm not going to be the one. <laughs> so is it just this I the equivalent know. to a like a, a it, it adds depth information similar to any other secondary camera, or is there more to it than that? Uh, I believe the kind of sensor in here it, it actually fires out. It, it's similar to laser autofocus in the way it works, and it fires something out and detects it. And based on the time between the firing and the detection, you can calculate based on the speed of light. How that is how a traditional is. time of flight sensor works. I yeah. just don't know which sensor is in this. So, so it is, it, it's not capturing uh, light in the same way. I don't believe it is because it is not used for anything else. Mm. It's mm. not even used to add detail. If it was a traditional, just a, a camera sensor. Mm. It's, it's supposed it, to be like reflection-based distance. Right. So, yeah, uh, exactly how uh, phase detection works. Yes, well, phase detection. detection will work on multiple points where I suspect this just works on one. Right. Yeah, because it's portrait mode and you're looking at a subject right. and not multiple yeah, whereas, things to try. And... Whereas phase detection picks multiple spots. Yeah. And it's always those spots. It's right. not... Interesting. Someone this doesn't talk... use like a facial recognition software for unlocking the phone though, right? That's, yeah. This is, it does use yeah. that? So using just that sort of... I, I'm wondering... But that's like, on the front. That's not... Right. Not but I wonder about the security of such a small, single... Camera as opposed to dot projected. Yeah, is that? Oh yeah, yeah. way less secure. But that's true of every Android manufacturer that implements. So this isn't a big. Well, this is the normal face detection software. Mm -hmm. That's on par with what is normal with Android devices. Yeah, so the only I think the only like mass market one that's used the dot projection is the Mate Twenty Pro. Yeah, 
Okay. And Everyone it's, else is. It's pretty good. I mean, it's as good as, be, as Face ID. So to be fair, one of the interesting things about this, uh, you don't have to enable face detection. It's got a fingerprint scanner around the back. And it's actually, after using the Mate 20 Pro and after using the OnePlus 6T, to be able to go back to using a, a boring, old-fashioned fingerprint scanner that works every single time, that isn't like, you know, awkward mashing your finger into the screen to try and get the right angle and right. the right pressure for it to work. Such a breath of fresh air. Well, see, it's funny because I had the opposite experience when I when I picked it up too. I agree with you that the mm. traditional one is much more reliable and faster. But I found that I had already gotten used to picking up the phone, oh, waiting so for pressing. the little thumbprint thing to appear to tell me where to put my finger, and then doing it. And I'm like, why is this? Oh, right, it's on the back because like old timey. <laughs> you're 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 absolutely right. It's uh, it's much faster. Uh, but Russell, I think I think if you used this phone, you would not you would find yourself not hating the whole punch after a while because. You might forget it's there. No. Yeah. No, but I forget it's up there. Yeah, that's nice. I, you, I, you would never really... No. My biggest problem... So I have two problems with it. One, it uh, it ruins the notification tray in, in the same way, in my opinion, that uh, that a notch ruins the uh, notification tray. I know. Look, there's no... no look, just, hang I'm on a just second. You're, you can you're handing it. me this phone, I'm and not, I'm, I'm yeah. taking a look. Here, take it. When you've got the notification tray open, like you've got notification stuff that is uh, that is on here, you have a hole punch and nothing to the left of it. There's no data to the left of it. So yeah. minus, there's no point in that infer like Yes, yes there is. Because what? if there was if you put the hole all the way in the corner so that you could eliminate that space, you would have a little corner chewed out of the display. You'd have an, an asymmetrical Which side. Which those notch. exist also. And that's the ugliest thing no. I've ever seen. Put this hole punch in the middle. Ah. Uh no. So we they actually so wait, wait, but what why are you poo-pooing? Because I, I immediately thought I feel like it, it may it's more for me symmetrical that it's centered. What's yeah. the difference between it being okay that it's off to the side and not okay that it's in the center? I think I've seen it, right? We've seen it on the Essential phone, and that looked pretty good. But that, that, little, that was a cutout on the teardrop. It was a cutout. And I'm fine with the teardrop notch. Yeah. But okay. So what they specifically said... I happen to like it in the corner just because, I mean, they didn't do the same radiuses, which is very annoying. But if they were the same radiuses, I would like it a little bit better. I just happen to, wait, to like the way it looks better than a Do you think if, that, if actually, that literal hole punch was in the center, that that, that would be distracting to you? Because yes, I understand that actually, you're saying they, that. There was research done yeah. on the place to put it that was least distracting. Oh, uh, interesting. Statistically, more notice, people like it down there, not in the middle and not on the right. I didn't even notice it. Statistically, when I people are dumb. It. Yeah, so I, don't, is, I don't like it. It's out of my sight. Right, for sure. yeah, it's Definitely. surprising how. how I, I can see how in full screen applications, like if I'm watching something on Netflix or if I'm playing a game, then yes, I can imagine that this does in fact disappear. Yeah. But uh, people say the exact same thing about the notch, so I'm not sure that that makes a tremendous difference. Right. Uh, it's just. It's the, the other thing that really bothers me about this, aside from the way that it's pushing uh, all the notifications up off to one side, it's asymmetrical. And my brain just can't deal with that. Yeah. Uh, so I get that this is an unpopular opinion, especially in this room. I hole punch <laughs> not the, the hole punch thing is way worse than the notch for me. Like I absolutely just just, just imagine it. two of those being even more distracting in like a month and a half. No, <laughs> I don't want it. <laughs> and I, I also think there is something to be said that we haven't said yet. It's like it what it doesn't look like. This doesn't look like an iPhone. Yeah. It's true. So it doesn't look like every. It is a unique look. That yes, is, that is very true. And so many of the people who who buy Android phones, at least in our audience, part of the reason they buy Android phones because they like pointedly don't want an iPhone, and this doesn't look close to. We've them. heard this rallying cry for the last year, right? Where we've had manufacturers, big and small, including the 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 poor guys from Red. Uh, yeah. Where the like the the mission statement is: we wanted to make a phone that didn't look like every other phone. 
And yes, I will say that. This, I also made a phone that didn't work. Yeah, well, that's red is a different story. But this this does this genuinely front and back does not look like any other phone. It, well, uh, to be fair, not right now. By the sure. year, by the end of Probably. the year, this is going to be what most phones. And look also, ninety like. percent of it looks the same. It I just has a cool design. But I also think it's it's amazing that we're finally getting to the point where you have a phone that is all screen. This is essentially all screen. It Isn't is there? stunning. Yeah. It is a really great looking display. It's a nicely made phone. This is Honor's nicest phone they've mm, ever made. I agree. It's, it has the same performance as the Mate 20 Pro. Yeah. It has at least as good battery life as the Mate 20 Pro. I want to say maybe even a little bit better. Yeah, jury's out. But um, it's got the only battery. downside is that are the haptics, but again, the haptics, haptics. haptics suck. I'm, I'm a haptic snob, so um, we thought everybody no, would you agree don't with have me. to be a haptic snob to not like that. Yeah. So okay, mate, uh, View Twenty is it? View Twenty Pro is it? Sorry, View Twenty is it coming out in the states? Who knows? What's happening? Who knows? No. Okay, great. Um, pro- probably not. Probably At least not anytime soon. So has a Kirin processor. Oh well, so did a bunch of other farms last year. But yeah, so in the, US, with the current oh, current yeah, situation yeah. nowadays, with... it's kind of funky. Hey, I said nowadays it's a little tougher. Uh maybe. maybe uh, Again, who knows? But it's going to be available in Europe. There It'll be no available in Europe. It is currently available in China, uh, I think. Yeah, currently available it, in China. Is it any other colors or just this red and blue? Red, blue. There is also a black um, that I saw in China. Cool. Uh, the, the black actually has um, kind of the, the, the same chevron pattern on the back all the way down, except it's like a, a rainbow sort of effect. Ooh, nice. Cool. Uh, those are not being sold in the West, though, I believe. So, yeah. I, I gotta say, like the, the back of this phone, Honor nailed that. It is yeah, just absolutely. uniquely pretty. It is. Yeah, it really cool. is stunning every time I see the back of the phone. It is the kind of thing where you can be anywhere, and someone's gonna be like, "What phone is that?" Absolutely. Like that. Yeah, I'm. I, that's a very cool thing. Man, just take the only thing is, you just can't yeah. put it in a case, or just put it in one of those clear cases. It's a bumper. Yeah, yeah this is a bumper phone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do this come with a clear case in the box? Like uh, do? I don't know. I ripped it out of the box to take some video of it. and did yeah. not look at. What else was in that box? The box is in a smoldering heap. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's someone who's puked on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Our window is done. Okay, so let's wrap this up. Let's uh, let's talk about uh, just the final thoughts of CES 2019. Obviously, not a huge year for Android, but Ooh. definitely a big year for everything that was in Android. Well, not but everything that wasn't Android in, in the home. Sure. Big year for smart home, big year for TV stuff. CES continues this sort of move away from a, from a mobile show. Yeah. The only other people who were this that busy this year were the Windows Central team because there were laptops after laptops today. Oh, man. I mean, jeez. Good for the, all these companies making money on Windows laptops because there's, there's a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of them very iterative in my view, but um, several, several real mold breakers. Highlight for you, anything from the show that really stuck out? I'm not even joking about it, and Russell's with me on this, the, <laughs> the Impossible Burger 2.0. Yeah. Uh, Everyone is talking about it. Yeah, because it's the most interesting part of the show for me. I think it's just like we, we, we are starting to see what a future without, without beef Looks like yeah, yeah. But it, but it is a future with beef because it tastes like it. it it's almost perfect. To be clear, we went to that event as a joke. Like <laughs> I, I don't think either of us went and we're like, oh yeah, we're gonna have some serious thoughts to say about the impossible. Definitely, word. I just but I mean as a fan. Yeah, but yeah. it was just amazing. Like it was just really well done. And Shout I'm, out. I'm very eager to see more of it. Shout out to Russell for bringing me a burger because I couldn't make it to the event in a Bro- special capsule yeah. <laughs> in, a, in a solo cup, as I recall. There's like a little across display. There's yeah. one do. Yeah. So that that was it for me. Alex, what was your highlight? My highlight is got to be the View 20. 
I, I had quite low expectations of this thing after the View 10, but it's uh, yeah, I've been very pleasantly surprised with pretty much every area of this phone. Aside from blue and red, are there other cool colors? We addressed this. We yeah, so we that question. Yeah, black with a rainbow. Yeah, black, black, black with like a rainbow. V. Cool. I should, I should I, listen. I We're just running listen to the end of the Central podcast. Thanks, buddy. When, when you're on it, got it. <laughs> Laurie, what was your highlight? Um, so first of all, I love that there's so many more HomeKit devices that have been launched this year. I think Apple kind of dropped the ball last year by not by kind of it just things weren't ready for it, and this year it was. It's been great for all these different companies that can now add HomeKit compatibility. So speaking from an Apple person perspective, that was to me the biggest thing is how much HomeKit stuff is coming now in 2019. But individual devices, I think um, my highlight of the year is actually the um, PopSocket um, OtterBox smartphone (laughs) case called Otter Pop. Someone's getting sued for that. (laughs) It's it's an Otter Box case, so that's a great case. They they make great quality cases, but it's an embedded pop socket on the back. This had to happen. You can remove it and and replace it with other special. Um, pop sockets for this. Oh, thing. you've got like a wow. custom design pop socket. You can, you can custom design your own good. pop socket to put on the back of your OtterBox case that's specifically designed for it. And what makes it so great is um, pop sockets don't lay flat. So I never use them on my phone because I can't stick my phone in my back pocket. Yeah. These lay not flush, but damn close to flush mm. to the case so I can slip it in and out of my back pocket. No problem. Nice. Hmm. That's That's pretty cool. No yeah. word on whether it's expanding into Android. Uh, it's already available on certain Android devices. I wish I remember for Samsung. sure. Samsung. I think it was Samsung. Yeah. Probably makes sense. Yeah. I think it was only Samsung. I yeah, don't yeah. probably think starting Pixel. with Samsung. OtterBox has a pretty good Samsung line, so... Russell, what was your highlight? So we didn't actually talk about this during the show, uh, but the CoolPad Dino Watch <laughs> is something that I spent a fair bit, fair bit of time with, uh, and it's a kid smartwatch, but it's a kid smartwatch uh, with a cellular connection, and a ton of uh, you know parent and kid features for uh, keeping an eye on the kid, making sure that they're somewhere safe, and actually being able to safely communicate back and forth. It's the it is a watch that I would feel comfortable putting on my son and sending him to school. And if something were to happen, he'd be able to get in touch with me. I'm I'm really eager to spend more time with it. Hmm. It's a hundred and fifty dollars smartwatch that has a bigger battery in it than most grown up smartwatches. It's a six hundred and five milliamp hour battery. Yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. And it looks like a little dinosaur. The the little oh the little legs that uh, hold the the watch <laughs> uh, hands in place that has an actual name and for some reason I've forgotten what it is. Uh, but, Kids uh, love extinct animals. Yeah, awesome. What about you, Andrew? Uh, I'm I'm also going to echo the uh, that was bad. Echo the the smart home <laughs> sentiment from Michael that uh, you walk around the Sands uh, Expo or the Convention Center and Google is absolutely everywhere with assistant stuff, whether it's Android TV or dedicated home products or things that connect to uh, Google Home, Google Assistant. It is absolutely everywhere. I love that you have this wide range of like Lenovo doing really cool uh, one-off hardware things that work really well with it, but also having all of these other manufacturers, thousands of different companies making things that that your home devices talk to because these things aren't realizing their full potential until you have enough options to have things that they can connect to. And that's the perfect thing for a show like this, where you can see this variety all the way, you know, across the spectrum in, in one 
place, kind of, you know, one city. Yeah, that's true. How about you, Daniel? Uh, mine was the Samsung Bot Care. It's a health Jeez. robot that wow. was that was trotted out at the end of the keynote. It, it looked uh, like all the other. It robots. did, but here's the thing: it's able to. And I'm being I'm being serious. It's 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 going to be insanely expensive. It's not going to be something people buy. It's some it's going to be something nursing homes buy or hospitals. It's able to read vitals. It's able to um, dispense medication. It's able to give advice and be a companion. And I think more and more people as our as our populations age are going to need to rely on things like this. And Samsung is the big is is one of the companies able to make these products viable. Yeah. And to me, it. It's, it just speaks to, you know, this is a company that just issued a, a, a revenue warning, uh, you know, on, on lower memory sales and lower smartphone sales. And they're going to have to figure out exactly what they're going to do with, you know, in the next 25 years. Robotics and AI is, are, are those things. And this is a really good first step. Um, and I don't know. I thought, it was, I thought it was a really good demo. And it, it speaks to where where they're looking rather than where they are now. So yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was great. Uh, so that's it. That's our CS 2019, uh, live podcast. Thank you so much yeah. for joining us. Right. Um, should we go around and, and say goodbye, say who we are, say where we can find each other? No, it's, 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 that's typical, right? Why yeah. don't we? All right. Mr. Mobile. We'll start with you. The, the, the Mr. Mobile on YouTube and all the socials, T H E M R M O B I L E. Thanks for having me, and uh, we'll have more mobile stuff at the next show. Sweet. Alex? You can find me on all the things at Alex Toby, and you can see the stuff that I do on uh, androidcentral.com and youtube.com slash androidcentral, mostly oh, mostly the rustling grapes over there. Yeah, but I'm not <laughs> rustling these grapes. Can you hear that? Get in here. This is no, silent. Oh, that's a good catch uh, right we, there. We actually had... That, that's pretty good. All yeah. right, Lori, where can people find you? You can find me uh, at Appaholic on Twitter, which is a... P-P-A-H-O-L-I-K. I had somebody reach out and ask me if uh, if they could... If, if I uh, could give them your Twitter handle because you were such a great guest. Oh, that's nice. Last time you were on the show. Thank you so much for Where's being here was? again. Thank you. Uh, Russell. I'm at Russell Holly on everything. Super boring. Yes, you are. I am still so boring. No understanding. You're not boring. No. You're the last thing. He's wearing a he's wearing a blue shirt that matches his blue glasses. He looks very and his blue uh, Apple Watch and his blue shoes. Holy crap! It's a good array. Out you are styling. Yeah. Very dumb. All right, Andrew Martinick. Uh, that's my Twitter handle. Good. I'm Jordan. <laughs> you can find Perfect. us all at AndroidCenter.com, iMore.com. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.